I'm Megan McGill. And I'm Daniel Chu Castillo. Welcome to Talking Culture. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the traditional territory of the Ganyan Gahaga on the land known as Teotiage. We recognize the Ganyan Gahaga as the rightful stewards of this land. Hi, how's it going, Danielle? <laughs> I'm doing really good. Um, just a bit tired, honestly. <laughs> you know, second semester of fatigue, end of the semester. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely feeling that as well. It's um, ready for it to be done, you know, and having it be the year, kind of year mark of the start of COVID and lockdowns here in Montreal. It's It's a bit of a weird time. Definitely, definitely. And now um, we're here. We were, as we were saying, it's the first episode without our co-producer Alejandra. So yes, <laughs> just us today. <laughs> who is dearly missed, and we're gonna try to do our best here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alejandra's been on every single episode, so it's kind of weird not to have her voice up top, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Alejandra, we're going to do our best. We're here today. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? What did you bring for in the news today? Of course. Um, so for today's episode, um, I thought it was important to bring some recent events in Mexico that have been happening. Specifically, two days ago on March 8th during International Women's Day, there was a large protest mm. in my hometown of Mexico City. Hundreds of women marched to the National Palace, Mexico's seat of government, to protest against the rampant violence in Mexico against women. And truthfully, the situation is dire. According to the New York Times, last year, an average of 10 women were killed in Mexico every day, and there was some 16,000 wow. cases of rape. Another investigation by one news site called Animal Politico found that from 2014 to 2018, only about 5% of all sexual assault allegations, including rape, resulted in a criminal sentence. As for the events of March 8th, the protest was partly sparked due to anger at the president of Mexico, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, who continued to back a politician of his party that has been accused by several women of rape, in what is a further example of the appalling impunity that allows such acts of violence against women to continue occurring. In response to a barricade built around the National Palace, women painted the names of hundreds of women that have been the victims of violence in Mexico. This was a powerful reappropriation of what the government had called initially a wall of peace and turned it into a wall protesters called a wall of memory. For the increasing rates of feminicide attest to the falseness of this so-called peace, which if anything is only for the perpetrators who remain unpunished. The government and some discussions online have condemned the vandalism and violence that has resulted from the protest, which mean, with many throwing around phrases like, you know, there are more civilized ways of protesting, or, <laughs> which I find completely, completely appalling. 
And many women in Mexico have rightly argued back that the life of any one woman is worth more than the facade of a monument, with slogans such as, we fight today so we don't have to die tomorrow. Obviously, much remains to be said, but the feminist protests in Mexico are some of the most courageous and important social movements today. I mean, obviously, putting yourself out there when there's such high rates of feminicide, feminicide and impunity mm-hmm. is incredibly, you know, brave. Um, and there is a long fight ahead against this impunity and indifference. But the struggle must continue and must be supported. Uh, you always bring like such good insights to these sorts of things. Was there like a particular way that you wanted to try and think about the protests today or... I think one of the ways in which we can think about this is sort of through the lens of what does it mean to be a public and make oneself public mm-hmm. um, through these acts, right? Like women are doing these powerful demonstrations and reappropriating the symbols of the nation, you know, and making themselves public in that sense and bringing into the the foreground these activities that have been silenced, that have been um, ignored by, mm-hmm. if not only the institutions of power, but, you know, society at large. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I find it, I find it, um, appalling that you know so the government itself has said that these protests are too much like yeah. their methods are an exaggeration like how could we go and paint this monument and and so much violence and actually like yes there were people injured in the protest on Monday and this violence is really just like the, the, you know, the inevitable result of the government trying to, I don't know, I, I just, I just find it uh, incommensurable, you know, like the fact that, that people condemn these acts of, of public, of becoming public mm-hmm. uh, in the name of, of objects and in some ways they're equating these symbols with human lives um yeah I mean I've been thinking a lot about that I just had to do like um a short essay about um the removal or like possible removal of the James Miguel statue here in Montreal um and I think I sent you that book that was about like statues as Mm -hmm. thinking about statues as like um bodies but also like um where we kind of like place our ideas and and what we value you know on those things and I think the kind of monuments that are are being vandalized quote unquote um are are kind of being dealt with in a similar way where we're where like the government is saying like this is a symbol of what's important to us and it's more important to us than the people that are being hurt, you know? Like, I think we're seeing a lot of that with um, statues coming down, with monuments being vandalized, you know, around the world um, for different reasons. But 
it's just so frustrating because like for me that feels like the government's just saying this this statue this wall we value that or we value what that stands for more than we value what the protests stand for or the people that are being hurt you know mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating it's I, ugh. <laughs> i'm so tired of it <laughs> Um, and for what I've, what I've read online too, and in many cases, people haven't wanted to to have to get to this point. But this has been going on for years, and it has been ignored for years. So in some sense, they've been pushed mm-hmm. um, to this extreme of of you know upheaval of of publicity. Because of that ongoing indifference uh, to other, you know, kinds of methods, like in terms of saying, you know, trying to to condemn it, trying to um, go through the legal process. I mean, if there's impunity, then what's the point of, of engaging the legal system if there's not going to have any effect? Yeah. So, of course, um, I mean, there was an interview with, with one of the protesters saying, I don't... I wouldn't have wanted to do this in quote unquote violence, but there there has been no other way to make this to bring this into the spotlight, which is um you know, I mean, it's such an important issue and I don't know. Well well you were saying that like people a few people were injured. Like have have the protests actually been violent or is it kind of like an uh, reconstruction of what happened based on like vandalism isn't necessarily violence you know like it's funny that we continually equate this like idea of violence with you know putting paint on a wall <laughs> when when women are getting killed and, and raped you know like it's crazy <laughs> the reason why I bring this out uh, it's because I think it's easy for either the government or some of the more um, let's let's put it maybe in different uh, sectors of society mm-hmm. to get hung up on this idea of oh wow they came there were injured people like police got injured women mm-hmm. got injured um, they painted the monument and it's easy to get hung up on that idea politicize that, that part and mm-hmm. and forget about as you said the rest of it which is like the the cause and of of so much so much suffering so much um anger uh, nationally at at what is going on in mexico so that's why i bring it up I, uh, that's why i keep bringing it up just as a way of saying let's not focus on that what's most important is the reason why it has to have it has had to happen yeah i think you're right i think that's that's where the focus should be. And um, maybe if you've got a link to an article so that people can read more about this, we can add that in the show notes for today. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, thank you so much for for bringing that story. I think I'm going to go read more about it, I think, now. Um, yeah, so for the story that I'm bringing this week, um, there's not a lot that's being written about it. Um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit, but, um, so I don't have a ton, ton of information, 
And part of the reason I wanted to bring it is because, you know, probably the two articles I found are all that's ever going to be written about this, you know. Um, but there, um, last week, there was an article in CBC News that just kind of the short few sentence article that the Shoshala Nation, um, which is on the Sunshine Coast in BC, um, one of the members of the First Nation there was out walking um, near one of their spiritual sites, which is a burial ground with nearly 200 burial cairns. Um, it's a registered archaeological site. It's, I think they said, like 1,500 years old, um, or nearly 2,000, I guess this is saying. Um, and he was walking by and noticed that the area had been logged and the cairns were are destroyed. Um, it's not clear from from the article like how wide the damage is. Um, I don't like the Shoshala Nation made a bit of a statement um, the next day just expressing, you know, the heartbreak that their like a grave site has been destroyed, completely destroyed, you know, um, as well as part of their heritage and this archaeological site. Um, yeah, and it's just barely been covered, you know, like this is, you know, it's a graveyard got destroyed if that happened here in Montreal and someone took a, a bulldozer to the Montreal Cemetery. It would be national news. Um, but when they do the same thing to a First Nations community, it's not. And, you know, besides that, impacting an archaeological site is illegal. So um, I, all of these articles kind of said alleged logging, which I find really funny because, like, it's clearly been logged. <laughs> the trees are cut down. Um, yeah, and I guess I'm just, I'm just sad and I'm, I'm frustrated as like an archaeologist who works in this area and with these communities. It's like sad as an archaeologist that the site was destroyed, but even like just more upsetting that like, this is a known like burial ground. It's a, it's a graveyard and, and they just blew through it and even having the added level of like it's illegal to impact this archaeological site didn't stop it like if they didn't care about the people they also didn't care that they were breaking the law and I, I just we get so many of these stories um in Canada I, I don't pay as much attention to like archaeological news um outside of Canada um in this sense but it's just like as we were saying like showing like what we value and it's just another another way that we're showing that we don't value these people and I don't know I just wondered what your thoughts were on that yeah I, I think um what what stood out a lot to me from what you just said is also this sort of hypocrisy that we have in which if if it were to happen in our city, um, everyone would lose their minds. But now it barely. I mean, as you said, the the article is rather brief. Um, I don't know. It sounds like 
like it was ignored largely in the news. So I think it's great that you've brought it up today um, and bring consciousness to this to these occurrences that also keep happening um, because it's not uncommon as well in Canada to hear like to hear about the desecration of sites again and again and again um, which is fueled I think again by this hypocrisy in which we don't value what others value the way we ought to yeah and it's just like it's just like another kind of instance of of violence against people i mean we see I, it's hard to equate like violence or destruction of an archaeological site with violence against like living people but i mean if you're destroying a place that's important to people you're destroying like you're running over graves with a mach- with machinery like that is violent like when you look at the images of like the before and after of the site it's like kind of shocking um i mean the cairns aren't super i don't want to make excuses for like whatever company did this um like the cairns aren't super obvious was said in in the article you know and maybe they're not but that's not really the point. This was an area, like, when you read, there's two articles that I could find total about this. When you read the articles, the, like, spokespeople for the Shashala Nation said that they knew that the area was going to be logged, like, more broadly, but that um, they were under the impression that that the site would be given, like, a, a wide buffer and that it wouldn't be impacted. And, you know, as someone who makes those sorts of recommendations and, like, goes out, looks at forestry blocks, says, give this area a buffer. It's, like, frustrating and, like, hard to think about that, like, how many other sites have been destroyed in this way. And because, I mean, obviously there's, like, a a level of importance around a burial site um, that might be a little bit different than, you know, a small scatter of stone tools that gets destroyed. But you know, talking to these communities, like all of these sites are important to them. And they're all part of their heritage and connect them with the land and connect them with, you know, the people who came before them. And it's, it's just frustrating that it's not, I don't know, I can't really like say this super, super well, I guess. I don't know. I, Later in the week, like this happened or the article came out on a Wednesday. And on the Friday, I went to this um, kind of general meeting for consulting archaeologists in BC held by like the government agency that um, that like legislates all of this protection. And they were talking about how much better they were getting at at having people like comply with the legislation about how much more they were able to do in terms of um, uh, like not prosecuting is the wrong word, I guess, but in terms of like holding people accountable for these sorts of things. And this had literally happened two days before and it, it wasn't even mentioned, you know? 
and I just it just shows I guess that like even like we just have a long way to go and it's frustrating and it's hard to I don't know I don't know I can't <laughs> I'm not saying this very well I guess too close to it maybe I think maybe as a as a kind of closing thought maybe um it's interesting I find that we've put these two stories together in some sense because you know one is uh, you know if if you only look at it on the surface you'd be like aren't you saying that damaging a national monument is not that big of a deal in the case of Mexico but you know it's, it's completely different situations uh, and but what is similar is there is a violence that that is enacted upon um dominated or or subjugated part of the population um in the case of mexico it is about you know it is it is translated into murder uh, into rape and in this case this is in some in some ways just another facet also of this violence right um as, as you said I th I think it's 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 equally important, um, because, you know, there can't be this hypocrisy that allows these sorts of, of of. Actions to continue occurring. Yeah, I don't know. I think, no, I th I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I always wish we could spend more time on this, but I, um, on all of our stories, but we can't, <laughs> um, we'll, I'll put a link to, um, to those articles as well. If people are interested, um, in the show notes, thanks for, for talking news with me today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing such an interesting and important article. You too. I think, yeah, they, they had more in common than I thought they would when we just kind of said on our group chat, hey, I'll be doing this one and I'll be doing this one, you know? Um, I always like when that happens too. On that note, that's it for this week. This episode was produced by me, Daniel Chu Castillo, music by Justin Cover and cover art by Sofia Millian. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and come talk culture with us on Twitter at TalkCulturePod or Instagram at TalkCulturePodcast. And check out our website, TalkingCulture.ca, to pitch an idea or to hear more from the Miguel Anthro community.